0: And maybe at the beginning, they began to uh, claim the land of their territory that was allotted to them. But then they got lazy, they laid down, and ultimately it led to their captivity. I think God sets before us a path sometimes that is ours to claim if we just continue to go forward and to walk forward. And sometimes we might get lazy and just kind of lay down and And we don't accomplish the things that the Lord would have for us because of that.
1: Now Here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: pain All you do is let go. Israel's prophecy over Simeon and Levi. He combines them together in verses 5 and seven. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So Simeon, Jacob's second son, and Levi, his third son, both the mothers, was Leah. They took their sword. They killed all the males of Shechem because the son of Hamer, Shechem his name, had sexual relations with their sister, Dinah. And although God called them to be instruments of his righteousness, this is what I believe we should all, as believers in Jesus Christ, be instruments of righteousness. Righteousness. They had become instruments of cruelty. And by the second census, in Genesis 26 and 27, Simeon and Levi became the two smallest tribes in the nation of Israel. Therefore, they were divided and scattered throughout the nation of Israel. The first and second census. We won't get to this until we get to Numbers chapter 1 and Numbers chapter 26 as we go through these. Levi really stayed about the same in the first census and the second census. They numbered uh, in the first census 22,000 plus in the second census 23,000 even. So really, from one generation to the next, they remained the same. But Simeon went from 59,300 in the first census to 22,200 in the second census. They went from a powerful Tribe in the nation of Israel to a very small one of the smallest tribes. In fact, in census numbers, they became the smallest tribe in the nation of Israel. Their brother Levi, or the Levites, next to them at 23,000. So it costs, and I think that's important for us in this sense that as parents, for most of us here, grandparents, some maybe being parents one day, uh, the influence that we have, even if somebody doesn't even have children, they can have influence on other people. And uh, the things that we do in this life matter, and it can impact future generations. And what happened with Simeon and Levi, although God blessed the tribe of Levi and the priestly of the line came out of them. Moses and Aaron and Miriam, all coming out of that tribe. Still, the sins of the father, although God doesn't hold the children to an account, still the sins of the father can have a great impact upon their children, and especially seen with Simeon, going from a powerful tribe. Those numbers are pretty impressive. From 59,000 to 22,000 in one generation. Israel prophesies over Judah in verses 8 through 12. Judah was Jacob's and Leah's fourth son. And with the birth of each son, Leah gave names to them, but also she desired, it was kind of like, perhaps now my husband will love me. Perhaps now I've given him four sons, but by the time. She gets to Judah, she simply calls his name Praise. I think she had at this point given up on trying to win the love, the affection of Jacob. In Genesis 29 35, it says, She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. And so, Judah's blessing, we find a wonderful prophecy of jesus up to this point the promise of god had been passed from abraham to isaac from isaac to jacob and now god reveals that through the lineage of judah the messiah would come in verses 8 through 12 we read judah you are he whom your brother shall praise your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies your father's children shall bow down before you judah is a lion's whelp From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion, as a lion. Who shall rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Binding his donkey to the vine, his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he washed his garments with wine and his clothes with the blood of grapes. His eyes were darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. So the lion of the tribe of Judah, Judah, you're a lion's whelp. And this became kind of a a symbol for the nation of Judah, the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But it really speaks about the descendant, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, messianic prophecy, but also that the kingly line would come the scepter and the lawgiver, the kingly line would come uh, through Judah, ultimately coming through David and his lineage after him. And this is why it's important for those who around Christmas will rehearse these things again. But Jesus was from the right tribe, the tribe of Judah, from the right lineage within the tribe, uh, descendant of David. These two things are very important. So you can't have a Messiah According to scripture, that comes from any other tribe and does not come from David himself. Jesus fit these qualifications. Shiloh means tranquility or rest giver. And the scepter and the lawgiver shall not depart until Shiloh comes, until the rest giver comes. And it's only through Jesus Christ that we can find true rest for our souls. Although the donkey's colt reminds us of the first coming, it's also a sign of peace during the reign of a king. If a king was riding a mule or a donkey, it meant that their nation was at peace. But it reminds us that Jesus first came in peace, but he washed his garments and wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes, maybe referring to, yes, the cross and the blood that he shed there, but... Ultimately, his conquering arm at his second coming. Isaiah thirty three twenty two tells us, For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, and he shall save us. Well, as he prophesied over Zublin, verse 13, he says, Zublin shall dwell by the haven of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall be adjoined to sit on. So Zublin, Leah's sixth son, we skipped one so far, but Leah's sixth son, he was actually the 10th son of Jacob. And there's not a lot of information given to him. His name meant dwelling. We learned that in Genesis 30, verse 20. And the prophecy speaks that Zublin will become a haven for the sea, but he was actually, if you look at the uh, 12 tribes of Israel, he was landlocked. He didn't connect to the Mediterranean Sea. He wasn't connected to the Sea of Galilee either. He was in the northern region of that area. So some commentators believe that this may be talking about the millennial reign of Christ. Something had not yet taken place. That of Issachar, in verse 14, Issachar is a strong donkey lying down between two burdens. Verse 15 he saw that rest was good and that the land was pleasant and he bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves Issachar was Jacob's ninth son the fifth son birthed to him by Leah and although many mighty men came from his descendants it appears that they could easily lie down to rest Uh, they could bend down Bow down to the labor, but they would ultimately be led into enslavement. And this caused me to think about Exodus 23:30. For all the tribes of Israel, when they came into the promised land, God had said, Exodus 23:30 little by little I will drive them out before you, and you shall have increase, and you inherit the land. Little by little, God said, I won't drive them out all at once, but little by little as you strengthen yourself. And I think perhaps for Ishishar, they were strong. And maybe at the beginning, they began to uh, claim the land of their territory that was allotted to them. But then they got lazy. They laid down and ultimately it led to their captivity. I think God sets before us a path sometimes that is ours to claim If we just continue to go forward and to walk forward and sometimes we might get lazy and just kind of lay down and and we don't accomplish the things that the Lord would have for us because of that. In blessing Dan verses 16 through 18 he says Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel here in the prophecies now we have two judges being presented from the tribe of Judah and from the tribe of Dan. So prophetically speaking about the divided kingdom already, before there was any kingdom to divide. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path, that bites the horse's heels, so that its rider shall fall backwards. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. So Dan was Jacob's fifth son, was birthed by Rachel's maid, Bilhah, And Samson was one of the most famous of Dan's descendants. Yet Israel's reference to Dan here being a serpent, a viper, may also result from they were the first tribe in Israel to go into idolatry, to worship other idols. Also, when Jeroboam became king over the divided kingdom, he set one of the altars that he built there in the tribe of Dan. And to this day, if you ever get over to Israel, it might be harder to travel these days with all the restrictions that we have. But Lily and I had the privilege of sitting on the steps of the ruins of the temple that was built by Jeroboam. Now, I don't know if it's such a privilege in the sense that this was a place of vital worship, but the fact that the ruins are there Speaks truth about the Word of God. The Word of God said that there was a temple that was placed in the tribe of Dan, and they have discovered that temple. In the book of Revelation, when the 144,000 of Israel are named, 12,000 from each tribe, Dan and Ephraim are not in that list. And even though they don't appear in that list of the 144,000, When Jesus comes into his millennial kingdom, Dan and Ephraim will be numbered with the 12 tribes once again, according to Ezekiel 48 verses 1 through 8. But knowing Dan's dark future and the harm that it would do upon the whole nation, Israel, he just paused for a moment. It seems kind of out of place, but in verse 18, he says, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Sometimes we just need to pause and worship and wait upon the Lord in the dark days of our lives. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord. In verse 19, he prophesies over Gad. He says, Gad, a troop, shall tramp upon him and he shall triumph at last. So Jacob's seventh son, by Leah's handmaid, Zilpha, and Leah named him Troop in Genesis 30, verse 11. So Gad means troop. And so his dad does a little play on this. Gad, a troop, shall be tramped upon by an army, but shall in the end triumph. And so they would ultimately triumph. We know the Gadites mentioned in 1 Chronicles 12:8 that they were mighty men of valor. They fought with David, mighty men of valor, whose faces were like the faces of lions, not literally, of course. They were as swift as gazelles on the mountains. So mighty men of courage and able to battle in all terrains. Israel prophesies over Asher. Verse 20, and from Asher, bread from Asher shall be rich, And he shall yield royal dainties. So, Asher, his name means happy. He's Israel's eighth son. His mother was Zilpha, again, Leah's handmaid. And this prophecy Asher actually settled in the rich, fertile soil of the north coastland of Israel. So, no doubt the wheat and the grains that they grew in that area became the foods for kings. Nephtali verse 21 is as a deer let loose he uses beautiful words so perhaps he was one is just poetic in his speech his name actually meant my wrestling genesis 30 verse 8 he was israel's sixth son and the second child of bilhah rachel's handmaid and according to believer's bible commentary i found this interesting all the disciples, except for the traitor, came from the territory of Natale, And much of the Lord's ministry was there. So all the disciples, except for Judas, coming from that area. And so this area, in Matthew 4, 12 through 16. And now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who had sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. And so Jesus would do much of his ministry. Also, Zublin here mentioned in Scripture there in the upper Galilee. Israel's prophecy over Joseph. So this is the longest of the prophecies. Verses 22 through 26. Joseph is a fruitful bough. I looked this up. I looked it up last time. I went through these words. But it means the main branch of a tree. I just had to get that straight in my head. A fruitful bough by the well, its branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, hated him, and his bow remained in strength. Just think of the archers being his brothers who mistreated him, threw him in a pit, sold him as a slave. In verse 24, the Lord said, but his bow remained in strength in the arms of his hands. Were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, and by the God of your fathers who will help you, and by the Almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of my ancestors up to the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills, they shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. So the longest of the prophecies, Jacob speaking about his 11th son born to him by his beloved Rachel, his name meant remover in Genesis 23 and 24. And as we know, he was Jacob's favorite son. And Jacob gave him the coat of many troubles that caused, ha, coat of many troubles, coat of many colors that caused him many troubles, for Joseph, that is. But God was with him. And here we have just this beautiful reference to God. He's called the mighty God, the shepherd, the stone of Israel, the God of your father, the almighty, El Shaddai, that last one, the almighty. And although Joseph's brothers had hated him, tried to kill him joseph remained strong and he prevailed because el shaddai watched over him thus reuben's birthright that double portion was given to joseph and he became the father of two tribes manasseh and ephraim in verse 27 benjamin he says of benjamin this is not a good prophecy but This is the prophecy. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide spoil. So Benjamin, the son of my right hand, was Jacob's 12th-born son by his beloved wife, Rachel, and she died giving birth to him, as we mentioned earlier. From his descendants would come Israel's first king, Saul. But Saul would not prove to be a good king. And yet, when David reigned, in First Chronicles 7, verses 6 through 12, we learn that of the tribe of Benjamin, 59,434 mighty men of valor to go out for war and battle. So they were truly a warring tribe. So all these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this, is what his father spoke to them, verse 28. And he blessed them. He blessed each one according to his own blessing. And then he charged them and said, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought in the field of of Ephraim the Hittite as a possession for a burial place and there they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife there they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife there I buried Leah the field and the cave that is there were purchased from the sons of Heth and when Jacob had finished commanding his sons he drew up his feet into his bed breathed his last and was gathered to his people after Israel finished prophesying over his sons, he charged them, Don't bury me in Egypt. And we'll read about this burial next week. Don't bury me in Egypt, but take me back to the promised land. Take me back to the burial cave where my grandfather and grandmother, Abraham and Sarah, were buried, where my father and my mother, Isaac and Rebekah, were buried, where Leah was buried. How interesting. His beloved Rachel was not the one that he would lay to rest next to throughout eternity in that sense as we look at that. But Leah, the one that was given to him in deception. But with his work on earth finished, he breathed his last, he was gathered to his people. I love how that's worded. And he was gathered to his people that we're not finished just because we die upon this earth. God has eternal life for those who trust in him and his son, Jesus Christ. That's why Hebrews 12 verses one and two says, therefore we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who uh, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. It may be that we would run our race with endurance and finish well, that it might be said at the end of our lives, and they breathed their last and was gathered to their people. Pray that God would bless you and keep you that His face would always shine upon you and give you peace.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847 847- 265 Thank you so much for joining us today and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.